Steve Jobs or Elon Musk? Elon Musk. Why? Uh, just prefer his Twitter, honestly, recently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, overtime versus working on a weekend? Overtime. Chair or Joe Rogan experience? Joe Rogan. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Wrong answer, but <laughs> Just okay. Just kidding. <laughs> when, um, I know that you're building your team. So when you are when you are hiring, uh, you're choosing more from MBA, uh, MBA guy or a hustler guy? Hustler guy. Uh, and why is that? Because uh, everything, if you're hardworking, you can learn anything. And if you're not a hustler, but you just have an MBA, uh, that doesn't mean you're going to be uh, successful or even get the best out of them. Read the book or listen to the podcast? Mm, read a book. And which is your favorite book? Uh, it's uh, I cannot uh, say a different answer here, but it's my uh, CEO's book currently. Uh, but the one that helped me the most in my sales journey was uh, by Aaron Ross, Predictable Revenue. Uh, and uh, in like my personal favorite book of all time is the one that my dad and I translated. Uh, it's Oxford Classic, The Age of Innocence. Oh, cool. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Then we are talking about uh, investment. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, which will you prefer, real estate, stock exchange or crypto? Currently crypto. How much money do you have in crypto? Uh, currently <laughs> opening up the wallet. <laughs> okay, most important trait in business. One word. Persistence. And what is your biggest motivation? Again, maybe we, we can go with one word or two. Mm. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna give an answer which I don't like, but it's truth, affirmation. This is Chair, place where we discuss innovations. And yes, we discussed here innovations of, in different terms, from technology side, um, process side, industry, you name it, different angles completely. But today we are going to talk about business development, sales and innovations in that arena. Somebody might say that this is a boring subject. Somebody says that uh, sales can be art. But others can say say that sales, it's all about numbers, science, calculations. So where is the truth? I will talk with Nadja here. And uh, Nadja is head of business development and Lemist. Pleasure to have you here today. Pleasure to be here. Very excited for this chat. So we are talking about uh, business development today. And first thing I want to ask you, can you sell me this pen? <laughs> oh my God, the typical sales thing. Okay, could you please write me, uh, draw me a house? Uh, I don't have a pen. <laughs> would you like to have one maybe? Uh, how much is it? <laughs> well, it depends. How much would you offer for a pen if you need to draw me a house? Good, good approach. Good approach. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, well at least of... you need a pen right now. Yeah, exactly. And Thank you. Your pen back. Thank you. So, uh, at the beginning, tell me what you guys are doing at uh, Lamlist. So we help people uh, build relationships uh, when they're looking to grow their business, to contact people who are, uh, they will be able to offer their services to, and we help them build relationships and get replies to their cold outbound emails or LinkedIn messages. So basically, you're a, a, a 
uh, not lead generation, but what you say you're... It's sales enablement tool to help you automate your outreach towards your potential clients, prospects. Uh, if you're looking to hire somebody, maybe even look for recruiters. Um, anybody who's right now using emails or LinkedIn to contact their potential customers, prospects. Uh, cool, cool. And since we are talking here about innovations, can you tell me what are you doing different than your competition? What is, <laughs> what, especially from your perspective, from the business development side? Definitely. So um, personally, I think that our motto at Landless is actually do things that you shouldn't do things differently. Uh, and ever since the beginning of Lumless, we've done things that no company has ever done. We didn't follow typical rules. We went always outside of the typical patterns. Uh, and although there are differences definitely in the product itself, I do believe this is what makes Lumless unique and different because we are very customer centric. And when I say that, I don't mean simply companies that are saying that they're customer centric. That means that everything that we do currently, whether it's marketing, support, sales, Everything is so laser focused on the customer and what can bring value to their world day to day um, that uh, it's completely separating us from the competition. It uh, helped us build a community of 20,000 members. Uh, it helped us really create the most actionable and used content on sales today. Um, and everything that we're doing right now is really just to provide value to the audience and not just so much that is revenue driven. And I think that uh, the audience and our customers always feel that. And that's why Lamless made uh, so much success so far. So if I understood correctly, you, you mentioned content. And mm -hmm. uh, that's basically how you generate the value for your customers, exactly. right? Can you elaborate on that a bit? Definitely. So, for example, um, any part of the Lamless right now, any part of the, whether you're in sales or marketing or support, uh, every part of the team, uh, actually builds up content that is going to be used by the audience. So, for example, my sales team right now, uh, we've been obviously using Lemlist for three years now. Uh, we are doing outbound every single day. We know the pains. We know the challenges. We are facing them every single day. Um, and uh, instead of us hunting for leads and going to the customers, sending out emails and LinkedIn messages, um, we simply said, okay, why not share our experiences, what we are facing every single day, and document everything from the beginning so our sequences our cold email copy our entire approach and document for the world to see very transparently so with all flaws all the mistakes and all the successes obviously uh, so that people can learn from us and this moment where we're actually being so vulnerable and transparent in our um, content creation is where people relate to us and it's what really brings value to their world uh, day to day so uh Lamlist is a, like software as a service company, exactly. right? But uh, um, you're talking about the content a lot. Mm. Uh, uh, are you more content company now? <laughs> Definitely. I would say that Lamlist is a very unique SaaS business uh, where instead of us uh, simply having this product that is, it is product-led. So we, our product is quite amazing. So it sells by, the, by itself, I would say. However, where we kind of drive the um, customer acquisition and where we actually track people to check it out uh, is by us creating this content. So ever, since the beginning of uh, creation of Lemlist, we started creating so much content around sales and marketing um, that it draw customers to us. And we realized that with one single email, you can reach one single person. But with one YouTube video or one podcast or one webinar that you do, you can reach thousands and thousands of people and really inspire them. It creates also a huge word of mouth and it attracts people to come to you instead of you hunting for them. So uh, in the in the heart of the content is communication and yes. uh, 
communication is highly personal science. Mm. Um, how do you find the right formula for su- successful communication online throughout those channels that you mentioned, podcasts, uh, uh, videos, webinars, mm. things like mm. that? I believe that in general, the communication where people, I think, made a lot of mistakes when they want to maybe become a better communicator or work on their communication skills, they tend to focus on how to speak. And, but I personally don't believe that a great communication from, comes from being a great speaker. It comes from being a great listener, uh, really being able to catch other people's emotions, their intentions, and reflect that. So if obviously, like whenever you had a chat with a friend or anybody in the business, uh, you come to a meeting, for example, you sit in a coffee shop and you want to relax, you want to talk about your life, your struggles, your pains, you want to exchange the experiences, but what we often face is that people start talking about themselves, and you end up leaving after one hour where you literally feel like you wasted your entire hour just listening to other people's problems, Uh, and this is the moment where people don't listen to others, and there is communication is a two-way street, so you need to kind of catch what is happening on the other side reflect that, really listen to what are the pains of those people that they might be facing. Specifically in sales, obviously you don't want to reach out to somebody and say, okay, I'm a founder of this company, this is what I'm selling, this is my product, this is all about me. Uh, You want to say, hey, I see that you're doing these things, right now you're expanding into this new market, etc., you're going through this transition. Um, Have you been facing these specific pains that you might mention because you know you've done your research? And then actually tying your potential offer to what they're facing currently. So instead of just blasting tons of emails or messages, you're actually meeting them where they are. You, they feel like you know them. You've done your research and then they actually, you give them a reason to talk to you in the first place. The, my favorite uh, metaphor that we made at Lamless, and I think this is what we are using every time that we onboard new hires, is that uh, specifically if we're talking about uh, male hires that are coming to Lamless, uh, we always use as a dating uh, reference, where we say like, if um, uh, if you're a man co- approaching a girl in a bar, uh, would you just come to them and tell them like, hey, you want to go out on a date, or would you try to have a, an intro line, you know, like try to start a conversation, Send get a them first, exactly, and, get yeah. them to talk, get them Put interested, the and then actually go into the conversation. That's the that's the key, I believe. So basically, you're place. only recruiting men that are good in seducing <laughs> women, right? I think that's a good uh, way to hire people. <laughs> uh, um, I want to hear your story, how you, yeah. uh, uh, your background, and um, how are how you came to where are you today? Definitely. So I obviously I come from Serbia. Uh, I ended up working in a San Francisco startup, then right now French startup. Uh, I kind of led into my life led me into the uh, international waters. Um, I've started working in uh, first. I started actually journalism, uh, and uh, eventually I started working in marketing. Obviously, coming from a communication science to marketing, I've kind of used my uh, journalistic skills for marketing. And then as it often happens for marketing, I ended up quickly in sales because uh, my CEO at that time noticed some of the skills that I had that were uh, very well used in sales. And I ended up leading a lot of sales teams, uh, started working for like international companies. And uh, today I work at Lamless basically. Uh, so it was a crazy journey, but uh, a very, very... And you're there for like three, four years, right? So at Lamley Summit uh, for two years now. Okay. Uh, before that, I actually lived in Spain for two years. So it was like a whole lot of traveling, a lot of experiences for the two years. Right now that I'm in Lamley, I was a bit of a digital nomad because I was able to work remotely. So I was just working from 
wherever so I you liked. So you use COVID a I lot. Used, yes. I actually joined the company in the worst moment because that's when COVID hit and I couldn't move. So I was stuck in my apartment, but as anybody else. So it was something that we, I think, all just had to get used to. I want to come to our main subject of innovation. And uh, uh, I want you to tell me a couple of examples uh, because when you innovate, you for sure uh, sometimes uh, struggle gold and sometimes you make a huge mistakes. So mm. can you give me a couple of those examples? Sometimes when you... When where, you... where we failed or where we succeeded? Yeah, yeah. Both. Okay, let's start with where we succeeded because I cannot right now remember the failed ones, but definitely there were some. Um as for the successes, maybe one of the most innovative things that my team has actually done at Lemlist um, was um, this summer we actually stopped doing sales for ourselves and we decided to, instead of us doing sales and running campaigns for Lemlist, we're going to go and reach out to our clients that are struggling with outbound, with uh, sales campaigns, and we're going to do campaigns for them. The reason for that is because uh, we as a sales team at Lemlist, who is a company that is generating a lot of content and generating a lot of inbound leads, we felt that with our efforts, we can reach only so, so many people. We can't reach the whole world that we want to reach out to. So we decided that instead of us doing outbound for ourselves, we're going to do it for our clients. We're going to create very um, actionable, very, very good sales campaigns, and we're going to document the entire thing from the go-to-market strategy to lead generation to writing the sequences ourselves. And the idea would be to actually publish that content and those sequences that we've done for the for the clients on our YouTube channel. Uh, so there are three like value values that are we are getting out of that. One is that we are able to help our client firsthand, uh, help them actually create good campaigns that they can scale afterwards. And by making them successful, we're going to create that word of mouth where they're going to go and talk to the other companies, how they manage to do it, etc. Uh, second of all, we're going to be creating um, the most actionable content out there simply because we're going to be documenting the entire process of from the beginning until the end. Uh, and it's something that a lot of salespeople I know from experience struggle with and they need to see it, they need to learn from it. So we are just doing it very openly and transparently every single week uh, by showcasing literally the examples of the campaigns. And then the third uh, part of it is that we are actually able to create then reusable content for our website, for our blog, for our podcast, etc. And we're just creating this viral thing where literally sales team is stopping doing sales for ourselves and we're doing it for somebody else. And the moment that we started publishing those videos, we got uh, like 10 demos booked in a day just from that one video instead of us having to hunt for yeah. leads, etc. So it immediately gave us gave us results and it created a lot of um, um, love for the company and for the brand because it's really something unique, I would say. So that's one of like the good examples that we've had. Um, and the failed... Um... Before you remember the, okay. the, the one time you failed, uh, I want to ask you, you, you mentioned when you generated first videos, you get, got a lot of new requests and demos mm -hmm. and so on. But was it hard at the beginning to... Uh, start with the clients before they saw what they wanted to do? Because if you're documenting and uh, publishing complete process, uh, doesn't that uh, is a bit tricky for a client? Uh, that's where the power of brand comes into play. Uh, because if we didn't have the love and support of our audience and 
trust that we know how to do sales because we've been showing it so for so long, probably there would be th this doubt. But we've created a brand around us where people really believe and know that we at, uh, at Lamlist, we know how to do sales uh, because we've been publishing so much content and we really know how to do it. We've been experimenting, we've been sharing our flaws and failures very transparently for so long that the moment where we approached them and told them like, hey, let, let us do the campaign for you free of charge without anything that we're asking for a return. This is just for us to bring value to you and the audience. They were very open to it because obviously we would be able to book them demos, bring them revenue for literally no effort on their end. So this was a success story and um, for sure there are failures. Give me one. Uh, one of the failures was uh, when we actually launched the multi-channel version of our platform. Um, this was like something that we've been working on for a year and it's included LinkedIn and cold calling into the platform aside from emails. Uh, and we've worked so hard on it, but uh, the moment of our launch came and we completely um, didn't do like a proper launch, I would say in the beginning. So like the what happened is that users started using the product without being educated on how to use it properly. And although the product was there, the support and the sales side of the things didn't go as planned. And literally the educational part of it didn't work out well. So even though the features were great, we just didn't make a huge impact and boom that we've expected in, in the beginning. And uh, so you're talking so much about the content and mm. you're generating content right now. So it's a good story. And uh, 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 what do you think it it can you can you pick cherry pick one one situation uh, which generated the, the biggest success even though you haven't expected that it's going to generate that big success um our first youtube video i would say from from a sales team because all of the other things we kind of expected uh, okay. to to generate interest and uh, i don't know some huge revenue etc but uh, with our YouTube channel, when we started it, we literally had no idea how it's going to turn out. And it was, I didn't do any, I don't have a YouTube app on my, on my iPhone. Um, I didn't watch any YouTubers or anything like that. So it was very new to us and my colleague that we started the YouTube channel with. Um, so when we did the first video, uh, it had, right now we have like after just a couple of months, we have 1K plus subscribers. So it Ooh. kind of came out out of the nowhere. Uh, with people who didn't even do any YouTube videos before. So that first video, when we started getting messages from people really thanking us for the inspiration and for the support and for being so transparent and vulnerable, I think that was the moment where I really felt so good, first of all. And the results were there. So we got a lot of leads. We got a lot of people signing up on Lamlist afterwards. But it was more for me, the value was actually seeing people actually found value in it in the first place than anything else. You mentioned community before, and uh, it's a very important part of your business. Uh, how you create community and uh, how you leverage community? Uh, I think both questions are very good and very solid specifically because, and I don't think I'm the one person that is going to be able to give the best answer because I was not the one building the community in the first place. It was our CEO, but from what I've learned from him, is that uh, the one thing that really changed uh, our com made a difference between our community and any other is that our CEO and all the people in the company were very much involved day to day in the community and not in a way that we were constantly like mentioning lamb list and our product and our features etc 
we were solely focused on all of the users, what their pains are, what they're struggling with, and literally sharing our experiences with them and genuinely trying to help them every single day. So, so much that uh, even our CEO today gets so many emails from our customers asking for help with a product because they feel they can bond and they're close to the CEO even though they've never met him. I think this moment of creating that persona uh, around the community where G, our CEO, was the one that people could relate to, was the biggest uh, effect on the community itself. And the way that he started it, the way that he started the community in the first place, was he spotted this niche, this uh, community of people who are all facing the same challenges, same pains, and they need people who they can talk to, who they can exchange experiences with, and they need valuable content and actionable content. Um, so he started building this network around himself of people who are facing the same things every single day. He started connecting them together, sharing experiences, his own flaws, his own testing, etc. And eventually what happened is that the community started talking to, uh, amongst each other um, and it eventually grew. But the biggest driver was definitely the value that he was giving out every single day in very actionable way, not just like, you know, sending company articles or news it was really content that can help them out and now when he's not uh, 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 in driving seat anymore mm -hmm. how how that influenced the community uh, he's still present in the community in terms of because he's the one doing still webinars podcasts etc so whenever there is a big uh, announcement that we need to make obviously he's the one publishing and then uh, obviously he's always present in those videos and content uh, but we have a community manager who is right now involved in the community every single day um, and you've asked me like how we are leveraging the community today uh, basically this community manager right now obviously whenever he spots the opportunity for somebody needing to have a chat with a sales team or um, support team he's going to be the one helping out um, but for us we don't want to squeeze out leads from the community we want the community to exist for the community purpose just to be there, to be able to be a center for people where they can meet, exchange. If it brings us leads or revenue, good. If not, maybe we're not a fit, but we're not hunting for leads in yeah. this community. It's just... Uh, Is it still growing like organically? Yes. We've never used any ads for the company or for the community itself. Um, no money has been spent on ads so far. Um, but uh, the community itself is uh, just simply growing as it's very actionable, it's very valuable. People don't just spam others. It, every single post that we post in the community, because users also post, obviously, it's not just us, is very actionable and valuable for everybody. So it just kind of attract, attracts more and more um, members. So uh, when you're engaging with your, uh, with your community or customers, users, um, what would you say is a proper, proper way to engage them to, to, to uh, on one hand, bring them value, but the, on the other hand, to generate value for the, for the company, for your company as well? Um, I would say that it's um, similar to sales, like asking a lot of questions to really dig into the moment where, and kind of leading those questions into the moment where you can actually mention probably your product or a service. So specifically in the community, they would often ask questions that we as a product solve. So uh, the way to add value first is to offer your kind of experience, your own thoughts on the subject, uh, give them a way to solve that problem without even using your product, and then tying it in with 
all, or you can actually automate it by using this feature or this product or whatever. Um, I think it's always about like giving your own opinion, your own thoughts, your own experience on the subject that they have as a, as a problem, as a, as a pain, and then tying it in with your product if it's possible. If it's not, I really believe that pushing simply your product, your thoughts, and your features, even if there is no pain that was established in the first place, is completely the wrong way to go, um, to go about it. So obviously we will not push our product every time that somebody comment, makes a comment or mention any pain in the first place. I want to ask you on personal side, uh, since you're not like technical background, you're yes. not engineer, uh, was it hard to, to jump in the business development in that kind of setup? Uh, so in this setup at Lemlis, definitely not because our ICP are salespeople and I'm a salesperson. So I know firsthand what it is that we're solving. I'm using our product every single day. So I definitely know what are the values, what are the disadvantages, etc. So for me, that wasn't hard. Uh, obviously, the industry itself, we have some deliverability technical setups that I need to explain, like how to not land in spam, etc., which is a bit boring as well. But uh, very essential, I would say. So these parts were something that I had to learn, uh, and it was very speed tempo of me having to kind of learn it all uh, very, very fast. Um, but it wasn't that hard. Previous companies were definitely harder. My previous company was in a mobility industry that I had n- zero idea about. Um, so yeah, I think it's, uh, but as a salesperson, you need to adapt, you need to be agile. So whenever you join a company, you just need to learn everything that you can on the industry, on the market, on the product, on the service, whatever you're doing. And if you're good at sales, you should be good at that as well. And how big is your team right now? My, my team yeah. or, uh, your team, like um, my team was, uh, about a month ago, it was, uh, uh, seven people in the team right now. We've let go some of the people because we crossed 10 million. So right now we're in a moment of restructuring a bit, changing our, like rethinking our vision. Um, and right now I'm with four people, but hiring 10 more. <laughs> oh, cool. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. And you mentioned agility, uh, is it going to be fully agile? the team or how are you going to approach it because you're in that kind of specific industry yes you, do you mean like uh, um, remote hybrid work or do you mean like I, I in the approach like, in the yeah approach in the in the in the uh, in the organization uh, that's a great question and the one that i've been having every single day for the last three months uh <laughs> so um not sure if we mentioned this but uh, the company itself grew from zero to 10 million in less than four years so this was a very speed tempo without any investments. You're so talking like, about revenue, right? Yes, yeah, so I'm talking about like the, the annual reoccurring revenue of Lamlist from in the last four years went from zero to 10 million without cool. any funding, any ads, paid ads, etc. So it was all organic growth and outbound efforts that we've uh, put in uh, to go to 10 million. So the moment where we came to 10 million, uh, this was literally three months ago, we were in a moment, okay, let's pause uh, and let's now think about scalability. Let's talk about optimization of the processes. We need to have like very clear structure in place because our next goal is to go to 100 million and become a bootstrapped unicorn. And to do that, we need to be structured a bit more than we were in the past, but we still want to be- maintain that agility and that flexibility. So this is the question that I was asking myself also within my team. How do we hire now more people? How do we make sure that if we hire 20 more people, everything is running smoothly and they have a process in place, but still maintain that 
creativity, that agility, that uh, human touch that every salesperson needs to have. Um, and what I've kind of decided is to have a process in place that is going to be uh, same for everybody, but 20% on top is going to be your own touch and your own way of thinking, your own way of approaching things. And I'm always going to let my team experiment on their own on the side, cool. prove me that they can do the process or a thing better than uh, than what I've put in place. If they make it happen, I'm more happier than they will be probably. Um, so I think that accepting the feedback, experimenting a lot in the meantime, I think is always going to be the one thing that we're going to say. So you're for sure going to tolerate mistakes? For sure. Because I'm making uh, the same mistakes probably every single day. Uh, and uh, I think making mistakes is if you're not making mistakes, you're not taking risks and then you are not able to grow. Yeah. Ambitious goal bootstrap unicorn. Yes. You're, how long you're going to take to, to come to be there? Based on our um, projections, it's going to take us four to six years. Uh, we are hoping it's going to be like around four to five. Uh, but so far, we kind of we put uh, last year we put uh, an ambitious goal of going from one million to ten million in less than two years, and we reached it in one year and two months or something like that. So we managed to do that. We are hoping we're going to do the same, and we're quite confident about it. I don't think we're making we're never too optimistic. We're more realistic type of company, so we are making projections based on what we really believe is going to happen. So, by your opinion. What is the future of business development as a function? I think it's going to evolve a lot. It has evolved a lot in the last two years, more than it has for the past 10 years, I would say. Uh, I think that customers are buying experience is becoming more and more important. And uh, really, right now, it's all it's becoming even more about the customers. People right now, we're getting so many um ais that are able to automate sales reps jobs i would say day to day however uh this human element which is essentially building that relationship is never going to fade away so i think that uh, uh in my opinion what i think is going to happen is going to become like this hybrid role between marketing and sales something that we already started kind of building it's going to come into this hybrid role of marketing and sales and being able to build relationships with people outside of the set processes and using your brain and creativity to do that. In what way? I don't know, because if I knew, I would probably do it already. But I think it's going to evolve in that, uh, in that direction. And do you think sure. it's going to leverage the technology even more? Yes, I think technology is going to become the... It has already become a big part of sales. Uh, I think most of the sales jobs today are automated to technology driven yeah definitely um but uh, the more we use technology the more people are going to be um in a moment where they will need to learn how to use it in a way that it's not sounding uh, spammy like bots etc like how to maintain that human element while you're using technology to that level Nadja, thank you so much for this it was inspiring of course thank you so much for inviting me it was really a pleasure and for you out there um Subscribe, see you next Thursday, next innovation. I know it that you enjoy it. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.